the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello. Anyone here? Hmm. Push bell for service. My goodness, that's a strange service bell. Who's there? Oh, there you are. There who is? Sorry, but I need to get my watch repaired. Who cares? Excuse me, but isn't this a watch repair shop? How should I know? But don't you work here? Work where? Listen, can you fix my watch or not? What's it to you? It's important for me to be on time and my watch is no longer accurate. I need for you to find out what's wrong with it. What time is it? That's the problem. I don't know. So how am I supposed to know? Because you're the watch repairman. You're paid to know. I'm supposed to get paid? I would presume so. You do work here, don't you? Work where? Oh, for Pete's sake. Look, here's my watch. Can you fix it? What watch? This one right here on my wrist. What wrist? Right here. Are you blind? What kind of an inconsiderate jerk are you? I prefer visually challenged. Oh, sorry. How rude of me. But how can you fix something that you cannot see? I'm supposed to fix things? Look, uh, oh, I mean, listen, if I leave my watch here, will there be someone else who will come in later who will be able to fix my watch? How should I know? Oh, never mind. Never mind what? Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid, Dr. Carl Williams, Dr. Al Johnson, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Carl, thank you for that skit. I think you got a little frustrated. That dude wasn't going to do what you wanted him to do. He wasn't going to fix anything. Well, he didn't know he was supposed to. Ah. And which was, uh, this is after the book The Blind Watchmaker by Richard Dawkins, who actually, that book was written as a parody for the William Paley's book The Watchmaker Analogy, which was written in uh, in 1802, a book called Natural Theology, where Paley's idea was that if life was so complex, there had to have been a designer. There had to have been a creator. There's no other way that something as complex as the living organisms that he studied could have come about in any other way. But Richard Dawkins took that watchmaker analogy and said, there's a blind watchmaker called evolution. And he used, as one of his examples, the, the eye, the seeing eye. And I thought that was pretty cheeky of him, uh, to use a British term, in that the eye is probably the most complex neurologic tissue in the body saved for the brain. And how he could say that would come about by random chance and mutational processes is totally absurd. Yet he thought that there were preliminary eyes, in other words, sensory organs, like the sensory line on a fish that can sense a certain amount of light 
and then there are other eyes that are considered simple receptors that can sense uh, maybe just black, black and white only, not color, and, and so forth, and they gradually evolved into the human eye. However, that ignores the fact that the octopus has an eye that's equally complex as ours, and there are other species, animal kinds that have eyes similar to ours as well, mammalian eyeballs. So to say that this happened by random chance and mutational processes three different times is even more incredible than the thinking that could possibly happen the first time. So if I were out walking along a riverbed and happened to see a flat, triangular-shaped piece of flint, my first thought is, somebody did something to that rock. It was probably an arrowhead. Yet that's incredibly simple, an incredibly simple tool. Yet it it speaks for design in that someone must have shaped this rock into this nice little triangular shape. How idiotic is it to say that something as uh, complex as the human eye could have come about even if it was a trillion times a trillion billion years how could it have possibly come about on its own? And you had simple logic with the piece of flint that was formed into an arrowhead. Mm -hmm. When you look at the eye there are pieces of that that if it's not all put together at once it's not going to function. The idea of gradual change of gradual mutations that just accidentally get there doesn't work. If you've got an eye without an optic nerve, what is that? Absolutely nothing. If you've got an eye without a retina, what is that? Camera without film. If there's no vitreous fluid in the middle of the thing, you have to have all these components at once. You can't build it a piece at a time, an accidental piece at a time. Darwin, in his own book, said it gave him a headache just thinking about the development of the eye. But then he went on for a chapter to try and explain how that headache could be resolved. But I don't think he did a nice job. But even then, he wouldn't have known what we know about the eye today in 1850s. No. There's so much Darwin wouldn't have known about what we know today. You had some thoughts on this, Terry. I was watching uh, with my wife this National Geographic series one strange rock hosted by will smith and and this episode had this theme of how everything works together and it discussed the balance of things it talked how diatoms which are little algae grow to produce our oxygen and it talks about how everything works in a cycle and our atmosphere which is at about 21 percent oxygen has just the right amount of oxygen for higher forms of life to breathe but not so much that the earth is on fire like Apollo 1 burnt on the launch pad they said that we are in the Goldilocks zone so we get just enough energy from our sun so that water exists in all three phases solid, liquid and gas but they kept talking about how lucky we are and this one astronaut who spent 104 days in space, Nicole Stott, said that we need to thank our lucky stars. So to me, it's, it's interesting that, that that's okay to be uh, talking about luck and 
attributing things being as they are to luck and to, to thank our lucky stars, but we can't praise and glorify a loving creator who made this planet for us to, to live on. It makes me think of this one quote from um, Scott C. Todd with the Department of Biology at Kansas State. He said, even if all the data point to an intelligent designer, such a hypothesis is excluded from science because it is not naturalistic. Uh, you are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Al Johnson, and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. Of course, the field you were talking about there was this whole idea of this being a very specially designed planet. Exactly. Dr. Guillermo <laughs> Gonzalez did a book called The Privileged Planet, which also led to a great video, in which they explored and found out there are 200 attributes of this planet and our place in the universe which point to it had to be exactly this way or we couldn't exist. And the odds against that are more than a quadrillion to one. You're now not talking about luck. You're talking about something that just screams design, that this was made as a cradle for life. Guys, what else have y'all got on this topic? Well, when it comes to just looking at the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, or SETI, what are they doing? They're searching the skies with radio telescopes, looking for signals that are coming back in patterns that would indicate someone sent that pattern. They're looking for something that indicates intelligence. So it has to be an intelligently designed radio signal. And they're looking for something that's actually quite simple in comparison to the human body or any, in fact, if you want to look at the smallest germ, single-celled organism, the radio signal is incredibly simple. The radio signal from a radio station here on the planet, that signal in comparison to a, a, a biologic organism is super simple. Yet they think that if they find any kind of signal like that, that would indicate had to be a designer to design that radio signal. Yet, looking at a bacteria or a virus, which is incredibly complex in, in comparison, that doesn't indicate any kind of designer or creator. So it's totally absurd and just scientifically disingenuous. I often think of the manufacturing process that we putting, let's say out here, a Toyota plant. You can't get that Toyota off the end of the assembly line without an awful lot of design in a proper sequence. You start with a whole bunch of parts that have to be designed in the first place. Mm -hmm. They have to be strategically placed. Much of this is done now today with robots and all that, but the point is that's simple because it's only a few thousand parts compared to several trillions, several trillions of whatever it is that so. have to be worked together and respond instantaneously to a changing environment. For instance, if I start used to, when I used to go out and run, within a few moments, my red blood cells are being created at 20 million per second to carry more oxygen because I have a demand because I'm running. It's responding to a change in the environment. It has to be designed in advance. It can't evolve because I would die of oxygen deprivation before. It's interesting you should point to that and the response of your body. 
one of the latest example of people trying to make life in the test tube was in 2015 in Japan, in which they supposedly made a reproducing cell with artificial DNA and artificial components. Well, I'm not so sure about it being artificial because what they did was take DNA from another cell and piece them back together in a different way and use what God had already made. They produced a membrane by putting together two of God's own made lipids with two artificial lipids. But when you analyze that cell, what they did to get it going was they put this new DNA material into a standard cell, a living cell, and got it to mutate. So they didn't start with anything from the cells. It's all Humpty Dumpty. When it does function, it doesn't have a helicase. A helicase is what unwinds the DNA for reproduction. They change the temperature to make the small strand of DNA flatten out and separate by itself, and then change the temperature to put it back together. They also insert catalysts from outside to make reproduction occur, because the thing does not have its own RNA strand. So again, is this life? Is this what God did? No, it's not. It's all Humpty Dumpty stuff. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletters. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed. Dr. Carl Williams and Ed Salzville. Thanks for listening. And And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.